What is up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Machevsky, and it has been a hot minute since I did a car version of the podcast. Um, Definitely been busy with life. You know, things like having a second flood in my apartment, having my first child, and, you know, running a business, and, you know, life happens, but um, I didn't really plan a specific topic, but I'm going to kind of just go off the top of my head with a couple things that I've kind of seen training clients the last couple months, and... I've been getting a lot of new people reaching out to me um, looking for solutions dealing with their injuries. And a lot of these people kind of fall into the same um, category of, um, I guess, struggle. And it's, they've been dealing with, you know, knee pain, uh, knee injury low back pain or low back uh, flare-ups over and over again the last couple years and their big issue is they've gone to Cairo physio seen some trainers and nothing has really made that big of a difference all they really have achieved is kind of uh, getting out of the flare-up itself, kind of just maintaining, you know, somewhat daily activity, but the root cause of their injury has not subsided. And a lot of it, I think, comes down to education, because most of the time when people injure themselves, they kind of go down the path of, okay, I'm going to try not to use you know my knee because it's sore and and every time I squat it hurts so I'm not going to do any lower body I'm just going to do upper body or they do go see physio or chiro and what most people don't understand with seeing a practitioner like that is they their job is to get you out of that acute state and in order to stay out of that acute state, you have to layer exercise on top of it. And I'm not just saying like, okay, your knee's now feeling better, so now go do some burpees and squat jumps and fucking back squats. Like that's not the exercise that's going to strengthen and restabilize the joint that you've injured. And people kind of flip-flop back and forth between the whole, I'm gonna go see a Cairo physio, things feel better I'm going to go back to normal of what my workouts used to be and you know years go by decades go by and they're like okay what gives like nothing works so step one is to understand that physios and chiros are there to get you out of an acute injury and then it's your job to figure out what exercises are going to actually help that injury Restrengthen, because you need to give information and feedback to the joint itself 
and teach it how to stabilize and strengthen. And this is where I constantly, constantly talk about kin stretch, where it is a mobility practice that not only improves your overall mobility, but also strengthens the connective tissues of your body that surround your joint, that are responsible for um, producing movement, aka any exercise that you do, and the way that you get the benefit of that exercise is based upon how well your connective tissue architecture actually works. Like the connective tissue surrounding your knee joint is a trainable entity. You can train connective tissue and that's where kin stretch comes into play. And the amount of um, new clients that I have right now coming in to, to see me specifically, because uh, they know that I'm the mobility rehab guy, whatever, but still knows how to throw down in the gym deadlifting heavy, um, they're kind of floored with how much kin stretch has actually changed their life. And there's not really any magic to it. It's just, okay, your knee hurts. And because of my anatomy knowledge, if a knee is in pain, it's dictated by your hip and ankle. So let's assess the hip and ankle. And no surprise here, your hip and ankle don't move. So where is all that stress going to go? Into the knee, right? A lot of people go down the route of like, oh, you have lateral knee pain. You need to do clamshells to be able to stabilize the knee. Sure, but if my hip doesn't move like a hip should, no matter how many clamshells I do, it doesn't matter because I'm only going to get to a certain point of um, progression until biomechanics hit me in the fucking face but the thing is the moment you start explaining these intricacies to the person in front of you in this case my clients they finally have this relief like oh my god like you are finally listening to what's going on with me and you're finally explaining what I can do because you know Chiros and physios do learn a little bit about exercise, but not enough to the extent of a trainer like myself that has taken 13 years now of experience of learning of what works and what doesn't. And funny enough, I actually just posted um, a post on my Instagram and Facebook about, you know, the difference between pricing and personal trainers. You know, say I charge $200 an hour and Joe Blow down the street trainer charges 80, most people are going to be like, oh, I'm just going to go for the cheaper option. But you also get, you know, you get what you pay for. You know, that trainer charging 80 bucks an hour probably has maybe a year to two years of experience with training humans. Whereas me charging 200 bucks for the hour, I have 13 years of experience training people. That's 13 years of training different bodies, different injuries, you know, different people. And being exposed to that also teaches you very, very quickly of what works and what doesn't. And comes down to also education. Comes down to, you know, 
taking information from a research paper and then trying to apply those things into a session. So yeah, you can go down the cheaper option, but you probably won't fix the issue or achieve the goal that you want as soon as you like. Now, I'm not saying that I'm gonna make you lose weight quicker than the guy down the street. What I'm saying is that we can get you to your goal more efficiently, pain-free, and you're not gonna go into any speed bumps. Because I remember when I first started as a trainer, you know, somebody would say something specific about like, yeah, I know the workouts are good, but I don't know what it is. Every time we do workout C, my ankle really hurts. And as a new trainer, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to look into that. Like I wouldn't have the answer. Whereas now I'm a point in my career where I can give an educated guess on something then usually it turns out to be right. But sometimes I get stumped with, you know, a rare case because I get a lot of complicated people where I'm like, I have no clue what's happening here. So I'm going to refer you to a medical professional. But beside the point, when you work with a trainer like myself who has a lot of experience, especially in the injury um, realm, and you start giving people options and basically hope that things are going to feel and move better, their rate of success just goes up, you know? And with Kinstretch specifically, I have not once, like, um, sold a new client that they shouldn't be doing it because I can find so many things in a FRA, which is short for functional range assessment, where we can, you know, build better anatomy to do better in the gym. You know, if I know that someone that's working with me has limited hip external rotation and they are an avid deadlifter or likes, you know, doing leg exercises, but for some reason their back hurts or something flares up, then it's not rocket science to understand that if I gave you 10 degrees of more hip external rotation, then your, you know, um, deadlift, lunge, squat, whatever it is, is going to improve, you know, because you have more access to active control of your hip external rotators. But for some reason, people don't go down that path. So what I try to, you know, provide is more movement options in a kin stretch setting, which will relate to, you know, whatever exercise you're trying to do. Because if one segment of your body does not move the way it's supposed to within a normal range, it doesn't matter what exercise you slap onto it, you're not going to get the benefit from it. You know, I have this saying that if you're hip functions at 60%, you're only going to get 60% of the exercise that you're doing. But imagine if your hip worked at 80%, like you're going to see the progress you're looking for. So everyone who's listening, you need to understand that exercise 
is something you need to learn and not just, yeah, my friend does this boot camp. I'm just going to go jump in with them. You know, I could go on YouTube and, you know, figure out how to fix my plumbing underneath my sink and, you know, get by. But down the line, something's going to burst and a pipe is going to break or whatever. And now I'm further behind than I was before. Whereas if I just hired a plumber who actually has experience doing what I'm searching for on YouTube, then I wouldn't have the headache. But for some odd reason, when it comes to exercise, everyone assumes that they can just do it on their own. I don't understand how people came to this conclusion because in this day and age, people are more injured than ever. I remember when I first started in the industry and I would take people through an assessment. I'm like, do you have any injuries? Like just looking how they move. They didn't really have that much shit going on unless, you know, they came to me already injured. Or they had injuries when they played a sport in college. Like there wasn't that many things with that I see today. You know, like I have this one client in particular that literally can't move their T-spine into extension. And they work a desk job where they sit 10 hours a day and they've been doing it for 15 years straight. And I'm like, well, no wonder and this person is trying to go to the gym and press overhead. I'm like, your spine doesn't move. So why do you think it's a good idea to press over your head, which requires a lot of thoracic extension? So I've kind of realized that my job is not so much training people so they can move and burn calories, but it's educating them about their bodies while doing things like kin stretch so then they can get to a point of their fitness journey where they can do all the exercises they want to do. You know, people tend to forget that all the exercises like traditional um, exercise that everybody knows, like bicep curls, barbell squat, like all those things are made up movements. You know, they're, they're not like set rules and you know the gold standard of what you need to do like it's funny to me because when people work out they just do the stuff that's been around for years and you don't know if that works because you know who does I always tell new clients that You know, exercise science has been around for 70 years. We have no idea what works. You know, we can come to conclusions on what could be a good approach for certain things, but there's no definite rules compared to like a science like chemistry or like, or the laws of physics. Like there's laws of physics, like you can't break them. Whereas exercise science, there's no laws put into place yet right so the idea of that you know there's the best exercise for x y and z mm, i don't know there's a lot of debate on certain things and how can
can there be a best exercise when maybe the individual doing it can't actually perform it because they have a lack of movement at their hip, their knee, or whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, you can take 30 people and do a study about back squats on how much, you know, glute activation you get, but what if 17 of them have limited hip mobility? That's going to affect the results of how much muscle activation you get into your glutes or quads or whatever you're trying to determine. So people really need to think outside the box when it comes to exercise and also educate themselves. Like exercise is not a simple thing, but out of all the industries, people just assume that's going to be the best thing to do. Like that's so naive of people. That's like, all right, so I'm getting sued. So I'm just going to go on Google and figure out how to represent myself in the court of law. Like you would get destroyed by any lawyer out there. Right. So I'm going to end it there because I rambled all over the place on this, you know, podcast. But, uh, you know, I think people really need to start educating themselves from credible sources and, you know, put the investment in trainers that have one made a career out of it. Because the other thing I didn't mention about, um, the $80 an hour trainer is that they probably are in a position where they haven't actually made training their career. They're probably a early 20 something that still lives, lives with their parents or has multiple roommates or, you know, in a position where they're not paying rent or anything like that. And, It's sad to say, but probably in a few years, they're going to realize that training people and keeping clients is very difficult and they're going to have to, you know, stop and get a real job. So put time and effort in investing into your health with people that are really good. And, you know, you getting a trainer doesn't mean that you just go to the closest gym and whatever trainer is available is the one for you. Like, go interview trainers. Go ask them really specific questions. Like, you are in charge of your body, and you need to find someone who understands what you need. So at the end of the day, you are the CEO of your body, and whatever you to do find someone that is going to actually take care of you and find someone that is been in the industry longer than you but I'm going to end it there hopefully that was helpful hopefully I wasn't rambling but you know me that's my style I have a lot of That's it for me, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Until next time.